All right, very cool. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Jeff Gibby. I'm with Metastock, as you might guess, and uh, I'm going to be talking a little bit about strategy development, strategy, strategy design, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I do have something that you're going to really enjoy, though. First of all, it's going to be our legal disclaimer. So uh, I will say, as we get started, if you have questions or as we get going or at any time, really, if you have questions, uh, I'm going to make a concerted effort to keep an eye on the chat right here. And so feel free to ask. Um, uh, also, if you have specific symbols and things like that you want to test or look at or that kind of stuff, make sure to let me know. In fact, I'm going to need a symbol to look at to kind of start the class off anyway. So the first symbol is going to be the first symbol that you type into the chat is the first one we're going to look at. So I'll let you go ahead and do that. For now, today's demonstration is designed to instruct you SPR. You got it. Warren Buffett is in the crowd, everybody. This, system, this demonstration is designed to instruct you on using Metastock and the accompanying software plugins. It is not a recommendation to buy or sell, but rather guidelines to interpreting and using specific indicators in the software. The information, software, and techniques presented today should only be used by the investors who are aware of the risk, and Metastock should have no liability for investment decisions based on the use of the software, any trading strategy, or any information provided in connection with the company. I also want to make it clear, we're going to look at charts today, and I might say things like, oh, I really like that one, or that one looks gross, or stuff like that. I'm not going to, I want to make it clear that I'm not going to make a recommendation that you should buy something. Uh, your risk tolerance might be quite different. Even if I like, I like a lot of stocks that I like, uh, that I, I end up buying, and they don't make any money. So I just want to say that uh, for, for uh, I'm not recommending you buy anything. Uh, again, uh, I am hoping that I can kind of help you understand some indicators, some, some different techniques. So anyway, as I said earlier, uh, my name is Jeff Gibby. I've been working here at Metastock for like 25 years in a row. It'll be 26 in March, and I absolutely love working. So you can read this. I'm not actually going to read this out loud to you. But just to kind of give you a little bit of background about who I am, I started in Inside Sales. Um, and that would have been 26 years ago. And uh, that means if you had questions about like our software, or trading, what you could do with our software and that kind of stuff, I'd be the person to answer. And I absolutely loved it. That was a great uh, job for the next decade, which is funny because that's kind of how it's broken out. But like for the next decade or so, I actually worked uh, with a lot of different people um, in the industry. Uh, I was in charge of like our affiliate programs uh, here in the U.S. and um, a lot of overseas stuff as well. And um, that was really, really rewarding for me because I got to talk to a lot of people that I consider very, very smart in the market, like John Bollinger and Alexander Elder and Steve Bigelow and work with them about in terms of helping them get their methods ready to Metastock and really under Price Heedley, really understand what they were doing. And I still do that. I also am in charge of like all of our events and our insights, but I love working for Metastock. It's been a really, really good opportunity for me. I use the software every day uh, that I trade to do scanning and you know stuff some of the stuff that we'll talk about today so hopefully you've had a chance to read these bullets but uh, one of the things i do want to point out is actually when i started was 1997 ish yeah and um we were owned by Reuters at the time. We've actually purchased ourselves back. We're independently owned by, uh, we don't, we're no longer owned by Reuters, but we still have a really good relationship with them. The only reason I bring that up is they're an awesome newsfeed. They're an awesome data provider. A lot of the information that they provide 
to us that we provide to you through the software is the same data that you'd get if you're an institution or a hedge fund. In fact, like uh, uh, one of the things, and I won't spend a lot of time in this, in fact, hardly any at all, but one of the actual charts, one of the things I've got open is a newsfeed that they have spent a billion dollars. And, uh, but it's been a good separation for us. We're still really good partners with Refinitiv. Um, it's allowed us to focus on exactly what we want to do, and that's create Metastock, make new charting engines and stuff like that. But we've been able to keep the best parts of those relationships. So uh, Al, thank you for the question about providing journal or notes. You can make notes on the chart. I wouldn't say it's a great journaling software unless, like I like to put notes on my charts that say basically bought here or thinking about buying or stuff like that that I can see later. And if that's what you want to do, Metastock's really good for that. If you want a legitimate trade journal, uh, you're probably better off even just using Excel. But you can make notes on the chart. And I do like to do that. So there you go. All right. The other thing that I'll brag about, you know, for Metastock is one of the things we're super proud about is that for the last 29 years in a row, and hopefully next year we can say 30 years in a row, we've been voted um, number one in our price category, readers of stocks. So every year, the readers of stocks and commodities, which is a really good magazine, will vote on their favorite software. And for 29 years in a row, our DC program has won besting. So um, we're proud of that. Um, let's go ahead and kind of talk about what we're going to talk about today. So uh, my agenda today, I'm going to talk, these are what I hope to talk about. Now, my goal for today's session is to kind of get you interested enough in Metastock that you like what we call an extended trial. And I'll talk more about that later. But what I want to talk a, uh, about today is like a trading plan. And so I'm going to basically talk a little bit about the importance of a trading plan. I think it's super important to have a good trading plan when you go out and start trading. I'm going to teach you an actual ins and outs of using the MACD as an indicator, the way Gerald Appel designed it. We're going to talk about how to test trading ideas and how, how I like to pick out the best ones. And we're going to wrap that all up within about an hour. So, And then I'm going to talk a little bit about Metastock scanning and how to scan with Metastock. Again, if you have questions as we go, let's go. Feel free to ask, and I'll be happy to So, uh, this this you can see is like Richard Dennis. And I like to kind of talk a little bit about who Richard Dennis is because I like the story of Richard Dennis. If you're not familiar with Richard Dennis, he was a uh, probably one of the world's most famous traders uh, in the 70s. Um, he, there's stories of him, and I have some notes, but he had taken like $1,000 and turned it into well over a million dollars. Very, very successful futures trader back in the day. And um, he actually, uh, being a very popular, prominent futures trader. Uh, he had a friend by the name of Bill Eckhart. And um, Richard Dennis and Bill Eckhart uh, were good friends, but they had a huge disagreement. Richard always thought, hey, I can teach people what I'm going to be doing. And we could train people to be traders. And they, uh, there's nothing really too special about what we're doing. It just requires a bit of discipline. And we could teach people our rules. In fact, he said, he uh, one of the other quotes, I don't think I have it, Let's make sure I don't have it. No, okay. It was that you could teach anybody the rules or anybody could make up better rules, but what they lacked was the discipline to it. So anyway, Richard Dennis, Bill Eckhart, they have this disagreement. We not teach trade. That was kind of the whole gist of it, right? And uh, of course, the way they decided to settle that was they basically decided to fund traders. And so um, they basically put out an ad in Wall Street Journal, uh, uh, Barons, and they recruited, I believe the group, I might have this actually in my speaker notes, uh, some of the numbers. Yeah, okay. 
famous trader in the 80s. He turned 5K into more than 100 million. Uh, and uh, in 1983, they formed the Trader Traders. They basically uh, taught people how to trade for a couple of weeks. And um, after a couple of weeks, they basically traded. And there was called the Turtle Traders. You've probably heard of it. It's a breakout system. There's a methodology in Metastock that you can use that is very similar to what they were using, but it was a, a methodology that was extremely successful. Uh, in fact, I had the number up just right there. They turned uh, $175 million in five, uh, with these funded traders that they had. And one of the quotes that they had out of that, which I felt important enough to put in my spread in my presentation was I would always say you could publish the rules in a newspaper, but nobody would follow them. The key to trading, I added to, is consistency and discipline, which I've always thought is pretty interesting. The other thing that he'd always talk about is like, he's like, yeah, there's lots of ways you can trade is discipline. So with that in mind, one of the questions that I'm going to ask is what do you think is the best profession for trading? Okay. So in other words, if you're in a profession now, what do you think would give you the best chances of success if you moved over to a trading group? I'm going to let you answer that because <laughs> um, uh, I want to see a couple of guesses. Because a lot of the times we what we get are guesses like psychologist or psychiatrist or um, airline pilot. And so actually the answer is airline pilot. So good job, 39476. Uh, catchy name too, uh, airline pilot. And I think the reason that airline pilots do well is because they have discipline. So when they take off, for example, they take off. <laughs> they have an exact checklist. They're going to follow those rules exactly. Very, very pretty. And I think that is pilot. And actually, a couple of the people that I've worked with over the years uh, uh, come to mind that are airline pilots. A couple of them. I also think psychologist is a good example. But uh, like uh, uh, Dr. Alexander Elder uh, is a psychologist or was a psychologist before he started trading. He wrote uh, a, a really good book called Come Into My Trading Room. Uh, Jake Bernstein was a psychologist and he does a very, very, he's got some very interesting methods. But airline pilots, actually, uh, Greg Morris uh, is somebody that we've worked with, ended up managing $12 billion. Uh, he's retired now, but he ended up managing $12 billion for stadium money management. And then the other person that I can think of, and I'm going to do this, got something in my uh, throat. I'm pretty sure it's not COVID. But the other person is uh, actually Chuck Hughes uh, as an airline pilot. So both of those have very very specific. So I think discipline's important. I think one of the keys to discipline and kind of how it, uh, I think it's probably the most important thing to trading, especially when you get into markets like this, like we've been in where you kind of switch markets and your stops are now more important than they may have been before. And your discipline is now maybe more important than it was before. It's definitely more important this year. So uh, in any case, one of the things I think is also helpful for discipline is having a, a good trading plan. And that's the whole thing. That's what I'm going to do the rest of it. What is a trading plan made of? How do, how do you kind of get in that? And the reason that uh, initially when I started talking about this, the reason I started with MACD is because MACD is a very popular indicator. I actually chose it because one, it was the most popular video we had on our YouTube. But in addition to that, I knew uh, there's a lot of people that use MACD, but don't understand why they're getting signals out of it and how it works and all that kind of stuff. So what I'm going to spend a good chunk of time is talking about MACD. I'm going to talk about how it's calculated. This, by the way, is Gerald Appel. It's another question that I usually ask, but like how it's calculated, how, three different ways that you, to get trading results. And then we're going to test it as an idea and compare it to maybe some other ideas. So this is Gerald Appel. He invented the MACD. Um, 
there's actually Linda Rajke popularized another way to to work with it and look at it, and I'll give her contribution uh, as we go through it. But in its in its heart, uh, MACD is both a trend and a model, so it can help you identify the trend. Which you know, I'm sure you've heard like the trend is your friend, or befriend the trend, or rising loons tide lifts out the boat. The MACD has a way to kind of measure the trend and give you kind of a bullish or a bearish reading based on MACD. It's also a, a momentum indicator, so you can use it to measure momentum as well. And we'll talk in detail about both of those. So the first thing, okay, now we're going to kind of jump out of this and we're going to talk a little bit about how a MACD is calculated in the three different ways. You can see I don't spend too much more time in Metastock because the rest, there's like three more slides in here. I really like to play in the software. When we, so I'm going to go ahead and open up a chart. I, let me, before I go into Metastock again. Let me remember uh, what Warren Buffett wanted us to look at. It was SBR. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. And we're just going to kind of come into Metastock right here. If I can get it to be my active app. Uh, let's see. It does not want to be the active app. Hold on just a second. Oh, there we go. Perfect. And if you can't see a chart, let me know. I'm watching the things, but you should be able to see the Russell 2000. Had a bit of a down day today. I'm going to go ahead and close these out, though. And we're going to start with um, SBR, better type out that symbol so I can't stop looking for it. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and close my the charts that I've got open. I'm gonna just basically go in. What we're gonna do is we're gonna look at SBR using our Power Console. So right here, I've got the Power Console. What, primarily what we're gonna deal with today um, is charting, scanning, and testing. Although there are, you know, we also have a quote window. Uh, we won't really be playing too much in that. Uh, Forecaster, our Forecaster is awesome. We've got a patent on it, but I only, I had to pick and choose exactly what I'm gonna look at. I also noticed that I'm in an offline mode right now. So let me see if I can connect to data right now. Just noticed as soon as I clicked on here that I am in offline mode. So I'm gonna maybe have to restart real quick, but that, it won't take, let's see if this will connect. Okay, all right, I kind of expected that. The data feed is ready to go. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to restart it. I should have checked that. My apologies. Let me go ahead and kind of just open up Metastock again, which it's already starting up. Uh, in the other room, if I were to do that, I'd have actually some dad jokes that I could give you as we kind of got Metastock to restart. Again, it doesn't take very long, especially since I've got the data feed running. Just give it a second to reload. And I'll give you one of my daughter's favorite jokes. My daughter is uh, in fourth grade, and she came home with a joke. She wanted to know what is the coldest country on earth. So if you have any guesses about the coldest country on earth, type them in the chat box while Metastock gets running again. I'll tell you what it is in just a second, which we're almost loaded again. No guesses on the coldest country on earth. It's a dad joke. Oh, oh what new message? Iceland. Uh, Chile. Chile is the coldest country on earth. She loved that joke. Again, it's a junior high joke, but okay, let's go ahead. Yeah, she loved, I actually giggled too because I couldn't help it. <laughs> you know, it made me, it made me laugh when my daughter, okay, let's, now I do have data. And again, like I was saying before, there is tons of different data that's available. Um, if I just kind of wanted to look, show you this a little bit, here we've got all the equities in Asia. There's about 321,000 different stocks you can scan. You can open, you can test. Uh, we're not going to open up very many different stocks today. And certainly we're not going to do a lot of really in-depth scanning. But if you're in, because we get a lot of customers that are in India that use Metastock or that are in Australia it's a, or that are in London or in different countries. And regardless of whether 
where you're at, you're, we're going to be able to get data for you. So let's go ahead and open up SBR. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and click on open chart right here. And it should just load for us. And uh, Warren Buffett, thank you for that symbol. Um, I might open with a couple of indicators. I usually go in and ask it for a clean chart initially, but um, this is actually <laughs> gonna open up with the Jake Bernstein template. I've actually been working with him to kind of create some really cool looking indicators. I'm gonna go ahead and close those out though, because that's not what we're talking about today. And all I'm doing is just deleting stuff off the chart, okay? So all I'm gonna be working with primarily is moving averages and the MACD like that. So the first thing that I'm gonna do is add MACD to MACD histogram to the chart, okay? And so right here, I've got, an, I've got just basically a bar chart. Uh, you can do candlesticks. It's very easy to change things in Metastock. But what I'm gonna do first of all is we're gonna add uh, MACD histogram, okay? And we'll go ahead and do that. Now, um, it'll go ahead and apply that to the chart. We'll go ahead and click on okay. And then we're going to also add uh, a couple of moving just so that you can actually come understand that goes in. So when Gerald Appel designed the MACD, what basically what he did is he took a 12 period exponential moving average and he subtracted it from 26 period exponential moving average. So I'm going to add those moving averages to the chart. I'm going to go ahead and make them a bit thicker so you can see them on the chart. But that's really what you're doing when you calculate a MACD. You're taking the difference between a shorter term moving average and a longer term moving average, and that's it. Now, there's some weirdness with the math because he didn't use whole numbers. He used like a 0.76 and a point something. Uh, and I can't explain to you how those are calculated, but the closest calculations using numbers are a 12 and 26 exponential move. So I'm going to basically go ahead and put those on the chart. And you notice it's pretty easy to add indicators to the chart. I'm just dragging them out of this indicator quick list and setting them on my chart engine, just defining what colors that I want. So we'll go ahead and do this. We'll go ahead and click on OK. And that's one of the things that even as, when I started, Steve wanted to Steve was the founder of Metastock. He always talked about kind of making it so that you really, when you were using Metastock, that he didn't want people to have to really think about how they had to do things. He wanted to be function very much like Windows and to be easy and that kind of stuff. And so everything that you, when you're playing around in Metastock, everything's pretty much click and pick and drag and drop. So uh, anyway. If I was to take the value of this red, the shorter term moving average, and subtract it from this longer term moving average, the difference in that would be this red line, okay, up here. That's a MACD value, okay? Um, and the reason, uh, let's see, I'm gonna go ahead and make the red line just a little bit bigger. Again, I like you to be able to see it. But the reason um, that it, it's good at, as a measurement of trend is you're measuring the difference between a shorter term and a, uh, a longer term moving average. So uh, right now we're looking at Sabine royalty. Hopefully that's what Warren Buffett wanted to look at. But if we're in an uptrend on Sabine royalty, then the difference between the, the, the shorter term moving average is going to be above the longer term moving average. So you're going to have a positive red line. The difference is going to be higher when you subtract the values out. If you're moving very, very rapidly, and this is why it's good at measuring momentum, the shorter term moving average is going to separate from the longer term moving average, giving you a bigger peak or a bigger trough if, if, if the other is going down. Okay? So because we're measuring the difference between a, moving, a short term and a long term moving average, and that's all MACD really is, it gives us a good idea if it's positive we've been moving up. If it's negative, we've been moving down. If it's really high, it's been moving up fast. If it's really low, it's been moving down fast. Make sense for everybody? See, there's two new messages here. We're going to 
Okay, and then 363062, great question. What is the signal line? So if you see, and actually that's exactly where I'm going, the signal line right here is just this, uh, this blue dotted line. I'm gonna make it a little bit bigger, okay? Um, just so you can see it a little bit more, but it's the dotted blue line. And it's a nine period exponential moving average of this signal. So li li literally, you're just looking at, at the moving average of that difference that we were talking about earlier. And it's called a signal line, okay? And the reason it's called a signal line is uh, if, if the MACD is above its signal line, like it is right here, you would say that the MACD is shown. If the MACD is down below its signal line, like it is right in this case, you would say that the MACD is buried, okay? And we have a function in Metastock that can help you see this and help you visualize it. I'm gonna go ahead and apply it here. It's called the Expert Advisor, okay? I'm gonna go ahead and click it. It's gonna open up on the wrong screen. I'm gonna move that over to the right screen, but I'm just gonna go down this list and hopefully you can see it. Sometimes, sometimes I think you should be able to see this with the way that I've shared the screen, um, but you should see it, just a list of things. And there are all kinds of what we call expert advisors in Metastock. Here's one on candlesticks, which is, it actually labels and identifies all the candlestick patterns for you. I'm gonna come down here and there's one that's called MACD. Okay. I'm gonna attach it to the chart. We're gonna go ahead and click on close. And what you're gonna see is you're gonna see that bullish line. I'm going to actually put it up here. So when we're above this, when the red line or the MACD is above its signal line, the blue line, you're in a bullish phase. And it actually places that on the chart for you. And that is the number, the first way you can use MACD. Is it above, are you bullish or bearish on MACD? So I'm going to go ahead and move that back down here if we're trading above our MACD. Okay. Now, if we like that, and we think that the stock has now gone from a bearish phase or a sideways phase into a bullish phase, the natural reaction would be to buy it because we're bullish now, okay? And so that's why we put the MACD, that was a classic buy signal, okay? Uh, if it comes down below its signal line as it does right here, it goes into bearish, you're no longer bullish on the stock, you would go ahead. And that is the simple analyze. Are you in a bullish phase or, okay, that's it. If you're in a bullish phase and if you think you're, the stock is gonna go up, then you'd want to buy. If you're in a bearish, you'd want to sell. And so if we're looking at the hard right edge, which is where we have to trade, right? We just recently got a sell signal back on the 14th, three days ago. And during that time, it's kind of plummeted in value, but that's when we would have gotten the signal. Now that's a really good signal. Here was a pretty good buy. Here was a fairly weak sell. This was a pretty good buy. This was a fairly weak sell compared to where we got out. But because this is objective, you're not making guessing decisions, right? You're not trying to decide, well, okay, they're going to interest rate, hit interest rates again, probably. Is that going to be bullish or bearish for this stock? What's the market going to, what we're looking at is, and the thing that I like most about technical analysis is it can be very disciplined approach because we can see where the buy signals are. If I've explained rule number one properly to you, you can see where the buy and sell signals are with or without Metastock, right? Uh, but because it's objective, can make the same determination that I do when I look at MACD by Gerald Appel. Okay, same thing. Uh, now it may not be the best signal to, or system to work with with this, and uh, I still have two more rules to talk about a little bit. But uh, that's one of the benefits I would say about Texas doing a little bit of time check. Uh, need to a little faster. I promise three ways. So that's the first. Are you bullish or bearish on the MACD? The second way that you use the MACD. Oh, before I talk about the second method, we haven't talked about this blue line at all. 
This blue line is a histogram. It was popularized by Linda Rajke. She added it to Gerald Appel stuff. And um, it's just a difference between, so it's a difference between your MACD histogram and, and, the, and then the signal line. So you could even just look at the signal line. If it crosses over, you're gonna get a cross of zero. And so um, it's another way to kind of look at it, okay? The second way, the first way is the signal line. The second way you can use MACD is remember, I talked about it as a momentum indicator, okay? And the idea behind a momentum indicator, I don't see any examples of it on the chart. I'm gonna scroll out a little bit, but the idea of a momentum indicator is if you go too far too fast, there's a tendency to do a reversion to, and so you can use it to look at overbought, oversold regions. And I was hoping that we'd see something, but the software isn't even detecting them right here. Okay, but if it does detect them, it will kind of highlight the bars in a little bit of a different color. Actually, let me do just a little bit of a change right here. I'm gonna make this into candlesticks. I go ahead and apply, click on okay. And I still don't see any MACD overbought and oversold signals, but if, if it does see them, it will give you some advice. And because I actually want to get, um, I wanna show this to you. I'm gonna switch charts. Carolyn also wanted to look at Disney. So I'm gonna basically change charts real quick. I'm gonna um, just type in DIS here. It's gonna pop up in my instrument console. I'm gonna hope, I'm gonna use my chart as a template so I don't have to reset it up. We'll go ahead and select the instrument here. I'm hoping that I can see, and if not, we're gonna look at Boeing, some overbought and oversold areas, which I'm not necessarily seeing on Disney either. I'm looking for where it's been made really extended in price. Uh, let me do one other thing here. I just wanna make sure, I'm gonna make it really obvious. I'm gonna change this to black and white instead of, so that, no, not black and white. Let's make it black and black. Okay, so that if it is highlighting it, that it'll stand out. Okay, okay, so it was, the issue was that it was painting in red and so I wasn't seeing them with my red charts. But you see right here, when I set the chart to black, here we have a couple of bright red areas that are a little bit differently colored than the background right now. That's what I wanted to show you. Here, Disney's had a pretty big buck move. And when it starts to signal that you're kind of maybe in an overbought, oversold territory on MACD, it's going to start to give you a warning by paint bars a little different. And I can actually show you even a little bit of a better way to actually kind of explain this to you because it is explained in what we call our expert advisor commentary. So I'm going to go ahead and open that up. I'm going to go view expert commentary right here. And when I do that, I'm going to point out this arrow right here. I'm just kind of circling it right here on the chart. That's the day it's looking. So it's going to be telling us about Disney right now. We just had a sell signal on Disney because we did change charts a few days ago as well. And it looks like it was a good signal because it's moved down in the meantime, right? So right now it's looking for crossovers. This is those buy and sell signals. It's saying that it's bearish since it's trading below its signal line. This happened seven days ago. Since then, the price has gone down 8.5%, okay? What I want to do though, is I want to show you what it would have said back on these bright red days. So what I'm going to do here is actually just kind of move this that black arrow over. I've moved it so now that it's right above there, it's the same color as the bar, so now it's red. But what it's saying here, and I'm gonna make this a little, here we've got this bullish reading. It's been bullish for, what, 34 days? And it's went up about 30%, so that's a really good crossover. But it is gonna start to give us a warning because that's a fairly good move that's happened. And the warning that it actually gives us is the MACD is in an overbought range, okay? But be careful. I added that part. Prices can continue to move higher for wait for prices to move lower before considering any short positions or even exit. Because what you'll find is that the trend can remain extended for long periods of time. Have you ever just watched the stock and it just kept going up and you're like, at some time, 
does this stock not believe in gravity anymore? I'm sure you've seen them before. A, a good example that I can think of from early in my trading career and when I started trading with my own money was Taser. Taser, just day after day after day, it just kept going up, right? And uh, it went up forever. But the reason that it kind of wants to tell you that is like prices can continue in a bull bearish mode. And sometimes the fact that they're overbought is even more bullish. It means people are starting to pay attention to it, right? So uh, when you get this sort of an overbought, oversold reading, always want to pair it with another indicator. You could consider looking to uh, improve your stop. In this case, it was a pretty good early warning because MACD started to go down. But I don't want you to know that, I want you to know that that's not always going to be the case. Sometimes it's just going to keep going and you're like, what's going on with it? This is a good early warning. You want to compare it with something. So, and maybe that's just as simple as like moving your stop to the last pivot, or maybe that's as simple as, okay, like, uh, well, I'm going to wait for a crossover. I'm going to look for a crossover. And even if we would have waited for that, we still would have taken a big chunk of that trend. That's the biggest thing I know about trend following is you're not looking to get the exact bottom and the exact top. You're looking to find a strategy, good chunks out of the, a good over overwhelming trend. Uh, one of um, one of my favorite technicians of all time, we used to go traveling with him, uh, was a, gay guy, a, guy, a guy by the name of Robert Deal. And he would always say, bulls will make money, bears will make money, but pigs will get slaughtered. And the idea was like um, to follow the trend and stay disciplined. I love that saying. He was a great technician. And, uh, there you go. The third way, and you can probably see it right here, is divergence. The third way you can use MACD is divergence. And I will admit that it is more uh, subjective of the three different methods I'm going to shoot. But I'd like to talk about divergence. Uh, Alexander Elder, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, always talks about MACD divergence as being the most powerful signal in all of technical analysis. I'm going to kind of show you how it works. I'll even, I'll talk a little bit about the way that he uses MACD divergence and the way he looks for it. He'll typically look at a peak to peak. Uh, the things that he wants to look at is uh, a peak followed by a cross down below the zero line, followed by another peak. And you can also use the troughs. So I'm going to use the peaks for this example. I'm going to take my horizontal tool or my drawing, my trend line tool, and we're going to go ahead and draw this out. Okay, so right here, I'm going to go from this peak of MACD to this peak of MACD, and it's a difference of about 24%. Okay, I'm going to match that, and so that's a negative slope. I'm going to match that to this kind of a similar peak and peak in price, which would take me from about here to about right here. Okay, uh, so there, this is also, this is a downward slope, albeit a small one. This is also a downward slope. Okay. Since they're both downward slopes, we're not seeing a divergence here, okay? Now, if one of these were poking up, we'd be seeing a different, okay? If we were setting a new high in MAC, uh, price that wasn't supported by MACD, sorry about that, let me go ahead and delete that off of the chart. If one of them, if they don't match up, what you're going to get, <laughs> let me get out of the drawing mode, is a divergence. And Alexander Elder calls that uh, like literally the most powerful signal if it's uh, in all of technical analysis. If it's a bullish divergence, he says it's literally breaking the backs of the bears. Uh, he calls it his most powerful signal. We don't have any divergence and we're not seeing any divergence, but the, this particular expert advisor will look for MACD agents on it. So there you go. Those are the three different ways. That's how you look at MACD how it's calculated, and three different ways you can look at it. I'm sure there's tons of others. Those are the uh, the classic ways to look at MACD. Now, why do I go into that much detail? Well, I wanted you to understand 
And hopefully, if I was clear, you understood the, MACD, the technical analysis is, can be fairly simple. Here, we're just looking at a bunch of, uh, of indicators, right? It can be simple. It doesn't have to be necessarily complicated. If I did a decent job of explaining to you what these are and how you get the signals, you should be able to duplicate this for us stuff. The other thing I like about technical analysis in general is it's terribly objective. And I said this earlier, but we're, at no point did I say, well, let's see what the Fed does, or let's see how uh, Disney decides to increase their prices or how Disney channeling or all of that kind of stuff. Certainly there's a place for all of that analysis, but this is objective. And a peer technician will say that all of the expected behavior is built in. And I don't know if I go that far. I think it's good to have good news. But certainly the thing I like about MACD is it gives me a very, very clear idea about what I should be doing. And it gives me a trading plan or business plan around trading. Now, does MACD look good? Because it's objective, I can tell you, we had a sell signal here. Uh, the prices dropped pretty significantly from that sell signal. So that was a good signal. This buy signal was pretty good. I would say you would have probably been made money here. The sell signal was excellent. This buy signal was awesome. This sell signal was okay. This, this buy signal was bad, right? We can, we can visually see this because we can visually see and because it's objective, we can also go in and say, well, how well does MACD work on Disney or Boeing or what was the first one we were looking at? <laughs> I'll check in a second because we're going to test. How well does this indicator perform over time? We can market conditions. How well does it work? And really, do we need to spend 35 minutes learning about this indicator? Because there's hundreds of indicators out there. Which are the ones that are going to be best for the conditions that we're in? And let's focus our education around those. Now, I wouldn't recommend that you use indicators you don't know how to use. That's certainly not the point of it. But I would recommend that you focus your education on the stuff that's actually worked historically. So that doesn't mean it's going to continue to work exactly the same going into next year just because it worked this year. Uh, but I do think it does help you put the odds in your favor. Okay. You bet, Carolyn. All right. If you Again, if you have questions, I'm watching. <laughs> so now, one of the mistakes that I made fairly often <laughs> as a sales guy, especially when I was new in Metastock, is Metastock's a very, very mature program. Even when I started selling it, ah, geez, it would have been 10 years old and I just started winning stocks and commodities award. And there was already tons of indicators and systems and methods and eight different charting styles. And one of the things that people are, would get very, I would start to talk about all this stuff that was just included in Metastock and people like, well, do I need to know how to work on 300 different indicators? And really kind of the point of the software is to be able to help you understand what works and focus. So I'm going to kind of transition a little bit. We're going to go back into this power console and go ahead and bring it back over to the right screen so you can see it. We're going to talk a lot about what testing is. So everything we just did is objective, which means if I want to, I can scan for it. I can find that buy signal on any chart in the universe, right? Well, in, in the US universe or any of the universes we cover. Uh, it also means I can say, well, what if I bought every time it gave us a buy signal? And what if I sold every time it gave us a sell signal? How is that going to work? Okay. And so what we do for that, I'm going to skip a couple things right here. We're going to go straight to the system tester. For stuff like that, we're going to go in and hypothetically test exactly that scenario. Now, what I don't have is a list of favorites. What I want to do is actually select a whole bunch of these methods, but I want to make sure I spend a little bit of time including ones that I know are built into the program for you. So all of these are, I probably won't go through this entire list, but I, I am going to select ones that I know 
but definitely should include, don't include optimization you can optimize that involves testing a whole bunch of different variables around things. I'm gonna skip those just because I don't wanna get into the hazards of overly optimizing, but I'm gonna select just systems that I know are built into Metastock as part of the product. Because you can also create your own, uh, you can buy them. Um, and what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna select all of these performance systems as well. And that'll give us, a, there's also probably some Elliott Way systems. I think in total, there's a few hundred systems that you can actually scan for, test, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But all of these PS ones are built in. I'm gonna select, oh, actually, what am I doing? I'm doing stuff the hard way, let's do it this way. Okay, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I should just select them all at the same time. Why am I select them all at once? So I've got a hundred systems selected and I'm fairly confident none of those are gonna optimize and all of them are as part. I'm gonna test a back, uh, I'm gonna do what's called a system back test. We're gonna do Disney, uh, Boeing, which is uh, a stock that was asked for a little bit earlier by um, Earl. We're gonna do Tesla. And you know, as I can do is, one of the things I love about our system testers, you can do it as many stocks as you want. Like there isn't a limit. You can just type in the symbols and it'll actually test them out for you. And SBR, okay. Okay, so Disney, Boeing. I actually just want to do a real quick search on the symbol with Tesla. I think it's .o, but sometimes it requires, ah, it, um, no, I, I'm pretty sure it's Tesla.o. Okay, now what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna have it do a system test. So it's gonna take these hundred ideas, and so one of them will be MACD, but it's gonna, I'm gonna say, how well did they work on the four or five stocks? Now I could do a couple hundred. Our system tester is fairly awesome. Uh, I could do a, all of the optional stocks. It does take a little bit longer to do all of the optional stocks, but I'm just gonna do these four. Okay, I'm going to do long trades and short trades. So I'm going to do both of those. And I'll have it test maybe about 500 records. 500 records on a daily basis is going to be about just under two years. There's about 252 trading days in a year. So let's do 504. That should be pretty close to two years. Okay. Now, when it, I have it do its hypothetical test, I'm going to set up some uh, parameters for it. So under account, I'm going to have it start with We'll do 10,000 for its simulation account. And in terms of sizing, when it buys a stock, I'm going to have it say, I'm going to tell it to spend half of that $10,000. So when it takes the first trade, it'll be 5,000. If the account grows to 20,000, it's going to be doing half of whatever's in that SPR, not SVT. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll change that. Thank you for pointing that out. Okay, uh, in terms of uh, other ways, things that we have control over, uh, you could put in commissions if you're still paying them. Uh, you can put in margin requirements. I'm not gonna do any margin. Uh, and for trade execution, what I'm gonna have it do is what we call realistic market prices. And with that, what it's gonna do is it'll, it'll look at the end of the day to see, or the end of the bar, in this case, we're looking at dailies, but the end of the bar, and say, does a MACD buy list or whatever they buy can do. And if it does, then it'll buy the stock. But since the bar would be closed at that point, it'll buy it. So we're using that to be the open of the next day. So that's what we call realistic. You can, like a lot, I make most of my decisions in the last, like right now, I'm not going to be able to trade today because I'm doing a presentation, but I usually come in like right now and I'll run a scan and then I'll decide to buy at the end of the day, right? Like just within the last 10 or fix, because I know what I'm scanning for. I know what I'm looking for. I just run my scan. If there's anything I really like, I go ahead and buy it. And then I check all my open positions and it's not really a dramatic process. Very unsexy. So, but like, um, uh, if that's the way you're trading, you might just want to take out realistic and test buying on the close, selling on the close, and that will be the, you can kind of control what that, I'm going to leave it at the D, so I'm going to go ahead and click, I'm going to go ahead and fix that to SBR, thanks, uh, Mr. Buffett. It's good to see you too, 
<laughs> in the, all right. So now we're going to test a uh, hundred training ideas against four stocks. It's going to run 400 tests. I'm going to go ahead and start it. It's going to go back about two years, 504 daily bars. It's going to take every buy signal, every sell signal. Actually, uh, my math's a little bit different. There must be an optimized system because it's actually going to do 1,200 tests right now. It's still going to be able to complete, but the idea is we should know why we're trading, but tell us the indicators and the methods that work. All of these systems that I'm testing right now are have matching expert advisors. So we can go and see after we're done why we're getting a signal and that kind of. So um, because there is a simulation or because there's an optimization in there, it's taking a little bit longer to run, but not that. Long. So I'm gonna check the time. I'm doing okay. I need to move it up a little bit, um, but we have plenty of time to kind of wrap up. We'll let it go ahead and finish this. The system test that has the optimization was that moving average penetration. It must have been testing a lot of moving average uh, because it, it sat there for a while. It's going to chunk through the rest of these really quickly. And to run 1,200 tests and tell us which ones work best and which ones don't work good and to do the last few years of data, it's actually really, really fast. Generally speaking, when I run um, full market scale, it can take a little bit of time, but it's not too bad. Um, I remember, uh, and if you do are doing a lot of testing, a, a, a hint I would have for you is if you have an SS, it'll run way faster. Let me go ahead and click on the view results here. And we'll go ahead and do this. So just starting from today, we went back two years. So we went through a really bearish period in the market this year, <laughs> and then a, a fairly bullish. So we've tested kind of some pretty good market conditions, right? Now, what I've got here is for all of those 100 tests that I run, if the bar is green, it was profitable over the last two years. If it's red, it was unprofitable, okay? And what I'm going to do is just sort this based on the average net profit. And what I want to do, <laughs> and I think it's funny, MACD was best. <laughs> well, there you go, gentlemen. I've and ladies, I, I taught you the best system that performed on the stocks best. Actually, it's unusual for MACD to be the best, but um, it was in this particular case on those four stocks, MACD was the best performing system. And on average, because it tested all of the stocks, it's giving us average numbers. On average, across those four instruments, it would have made about a 30% uh, net profit, okay? With the best profit out of those four stocks would have been 5,000 and the worst profit would have been about 900, okay? On average, so this is per stock, it actually was pretty active. Over two years, it traded 83 times, which means over one year, it traded 42.5 times or 41.5 times, uh, which is quite a bit in any given year, especially if that's per stock. For every dollar, this is your average profit for versus your average loss. But for every dollar we lost, we gained a dollar fifty. So that's what that, okay? And generally, the things that I, obviously you're going to want to focus on systems that work well. I taught you a really good system today. Not stocks that don't work well or systems or methods that don't work well. Um, but I also like to, for me personally, focus on how often it's trading. So 83, 41 trades a year is quite a bit, actually. And uh, for me, I, I don't know that I would want to trade that often. But this definitely, it's definitely better than 94 and 237. And some of the other options, this percentage crossover made 22%, and it only did 65. So on average, which is quite a bit fewer than this one here. Actually, this fractal trading system, number one, traded 32 times in two years, about 16 times a year, uh, a little bit more than one, right? So that might be a little bit more my style. I might want to do MACD, though, because 21% is a lot better or a lot lower than 30%.
So, but it just kind of depends. You want to find something. I certainly, even if it was 228, I would want to do, okay. For the purpose of kind of just showing you how you can use this to kind of shortcut your learning system though, I want to show you something that's not MACD. So I'm going to show you the fractal team system. So I'm going to go ahead and view this on a chart. And here's Disney. It didn't work at all on Disney. Uh, on Boeing, it worked. On Tesla, it was the best. And Sabine Royalty, it worked pretty well. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and also sort this by net profit. Okay. And again, if I had tested 5,000, all of the optionable, like all the 4,500 optionable stocks, you'd have 4,500 bars here. So not only does it help you figure out what are the best performing systems over a broad market, it'll also help you narrow down maybe the stocks that you as well. Uh, it does a really good job of both of those. And a lot of the system testers that we see out there or that I've seen out there will allow you to do this kind of testing. Some of them are really, really good, but not a lot of them will allow you to do it over huge baskets of stocks. And that's one of the things I really like about the meta stock testers. It can help me find the best idea over a broader race and really kind of figure out, okay, if I have a feeling, if this works profitably on most of the S&P 500, it's probably going to work on the stock. I, I would think, I need to say, I would think because, you know, regulations. But in addition to that, if I could narrow that to the ones that the 20 that work best, that's giving you a lot of a lot of numbers at the very minimum. So right here, we've got Tesla. It was the, over the last couple of years, it made a 68% gain. I can come in here and click view. I don't have time to get very deep into this, but it will tell us what our profit looked like, how that compared to buy and hold. Uh, it actually outperformed buy and hold by 513%, which is not surprising. Tesla's been kind of a rock lately. It'll give us buy, a buy and hold index. It'll tell us a profit loss. All of these numbers, there's a few of them that I really, really like. I'm going to wrap this up though, just so I don't Cool. Um, but uh, if you ever have questions, one of the things I like about Metastock too is it's got a very intense, uh, intensive help file. So if I click on help, it'll tell you what all these. Um, the one thing that I do like to look at and the one thing I'm not going to skip. So right here, this gives us an idea of how well our equity would have formed over the year period. And, you know, we did have some pretty good drawdowns from here to here. Okay. But I don't see anything catastrophic. So uh, the force index system, I don't know if I include, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But if you, uh, uh, the force index system, I think you can test as part of the elder add-on. It's one of his sims, but I don't think it was included. Okay. I can plot this on a chart. I can see it looks like a lot of it. And there are numbers I like in there, like risk versus reward, profit versus loss. Those are things that I want to know. If I kind of look at all those numbers, I'm happy with it. The next step I would say that's a logical step is learn about that indicator. I don't want you to skip your education process, right? What is this? Uh, I forgot what we we're looking at. What is this fractal trading system number one? And to get to that, I actually should have switched to Tesla. I'm going to do this a little bit backwards, but we'll go ahead and jump into Tesla. I'll just open up the stock. And then I'm going to attach that force index, or <laughs> not the force index, the fractal system number one to this. It's actually the PS fractal trading system. And um, it's going to tell us how it's calculated. And I can almost recite it from heart. Oh, I had the wrong signal in there. Don't worry about that. I'll fix that in advance. So let me find the fractal system number one. I'm going to go ahead and attach. And what I'm going to do here is I'm just going to make it the right symbol, TSLA, real quick. Now, Here's our fractal trading system number one. Here you could see it went short here. That was actually really good. It had a short here. Okay, so now you can visually kind of look at when it's going short. But if I wanted to learn more about why we're getting signals, again, I want to 
trade with discipline. I think understanding your indicators will help you with that. If I want to understand where this is actually created, I'm going to go to this sell signal. On the sell signal, it's going to say if you're trading long, you should get out of your long positions. If you're trading short, you should enter short. But it's also going to tell us what it's we're looking for. So while there are many definitions used for fractal in securities trading, the definition used by this system is a minor version of a type defined by Bill Williams and his chaos trading methods. According to Bill Williams, an up fractal is defined as a middle bar a middle bar with two lower highs on each side of it, okay? A down fractal would be the reverse, a middle bar, a low with two higher lows, okay? This system uh, will look to trade when it penetrates that one of those fractals. So if we look back here in time, here we had a fractal. This was a down fractal, a low that's surrounded by two lower lows, okay? When it penetrated, that's what gave us the sell signal. Now, it does say that this system is based on a small fraction of Bill Williams' complete trading system. If I want to learn more, I know the system works well. I know kind of what it's doing. I could actually look up Bill Williams. I could look at the manual. I could learn more about what, but you do want to think. The other thing that it says is, uh, so it says how the system works. It also says uh, in some of the systems that are in performance systems, it actually tells you to use stops. And you can desk you can test different stops as part of it. So it's a very, very cool. And it's actually pretty easy to set up. I'm not going to, just because I don't have time. <laughs> the last thing I want to show you in Metastock, though, before I kind of wrap up and make way for the next speaker is uh, the scanner. Uh, because I just said, maybe a few minutes ago, that when I'm using it, I just run a scan every day. I want to go in and find the opportunity to exist. If you like the fractal system, or if you find a system that you like, right now we probably wouldn't buy buying into Tesla because it, we would have, we're selling into Tesla, we'd be waiting for a signal to show up. Our last signal would have been right here. But if I wanted to find an opportunity that exists on the market today, that's the tool I use every day. And that's a tool I hear all the time. It's my favorite tool in Metastock. Allow me to find the opportunities. Allow me to ignore the noise. There's 4,500 optionable stocks. I want to find the ones that have an opportunity for today, right? I want to be able to ignore that. I want to be able to get all my work done so that I maintain good status here at Metastock. And I want to be able to focus on my work, but I also want to be able to trade. And that's why I can trade for just so little every day. If I want to come in here and run an exploration, which is our word for a scan, I, I pick it. I go ahead and just type in PS fractal. I could run this exploration. Right here, I've got it to set against the S&P 500, the NASDAQ 100, and like um, the Dow Industrial. So about 627 stocks are selected. I'm going to go ahead and run that. Again, if you're in India and want to do Indian stocks, you can. Whatever markets that you want. But what it's going to do, and I, I keep getting um, windows popping up, it's going to go in I don't know where that window is, somewhere over here in cyberspace. I don't, but it'll run that. It'll give me a list of stocks. And those are the four or five that I can focus on instead of focusing on a bunch of stocks that don't have a signal I'm interested in. I absolutely love scanning. So let me go ahead and kind of just get back into the slideshow here. Um, I, uh, at the onset, I said, uh, AJ asks, hey, AJ, how's it going? Can Metastock send signals to API to different brokerages? Not yet. Um, and one of the things we've been kind of core focused on is like making the technology better. And so we've done a lot of changes to that, but we don't do semi-automatic things. It's good to see you, AJ. Uh, let's see. I am uh, Again, <laughs> I will say that for 29 years straight, it's been rated number one in its price category. Um, and 
I love all the customers that have been voting for us year after year after year. We have customers that have literally been customers for longer than I've been employed. And I think that's because it's helpful. Um, we have two different versions of the program. I'm just going to go through this real quick. We have the DC version, which includes uh, uh, the news platform I was talking about a little bit earlier. They spent a billion dollars developing the news feed that we call Xena. Uh, it's powered by Reuters news and Reuters information. It's literally the same thing that you'd get if you were a hedge fund. Only you're going to get it with Metastock for only 265. Okay. What we're going to, oh, I'll tell you about the, what we're going to do as part of the offer. Well, I'll tell you about the offer. So the normal price is 25. We also have a DC version. It doesn't include that billion dollar new platform, but in it, it'll do everything I showed you today, like the scanning and the testing and the thing, uh, everything, the expert advisors, the alerts, the signals, all that kind of stuff. That's all included. And it's only $69 per month. And both of those prices include data for one of the regions. The regions are North and South America, Europe, Middle East, and Africa, and Asia Pacific. Those are all that we also have as part of those regions, Forex and futures. And there's there's two or 300 exchanges. Like it's it's a massive amount of data. We'll have the reader interested in. So for $69 per month or for $265, uh, you'll get the real time. Uh, what we're going to do as part of our trial, uh, we call it our... It, <laughs> We call it our extended trial. So if you buy a month, we'll give you the second month for free and the third month for free. And you can do that with either the DC version or the real-time version. With that, we're going to give you our latest version of Metastock, which is Metastock 18.3 right now. We'll give you the data region of your choice again. It's going to be North and South American stocks and first with Forex or Europe, Middle East and Africa stocks in Forex or Asia Pacific. Okay. We'll give you... Uh, what we call a white glove installation appointment. With that, somebody's going to actually call you up. They'll set up a time, a two-hour window. They'll give you a call and they'll be like, here, are you, do you have everything installed? Do you need any help with installation? Do you want uh, to know, what? do you have any questions? Do you want us to walk you through a scan? You know, that kind of stuff. They'll help, really help you kind of figure out everything. And we started doing that a few years ago. I think it's been three or four years ago and people love it. Uh, in general though, while I'm talking about support and because I have three minutes, we keep more people in our support team than we do sales and marketing together. Uh, I don't think we have more support reps than programmers, but it's pretty close. So like, uh, but um, uh, if you ever have questions, unlimited access to support. And it's not unusual for our support team to get perfect 100% ratings. Uh, we query everybody. They do a really good job. They're here in uh, Salt Lake City with us. And uh, I just, I think one of the big advantages you have if you go with Metastock, and I'm 100% biased. I, I love the company. <laughs> you know, I've worked here forever. But I think one of the big advantages, um, and Rao might be able to, I don't know, Rao, you said you were using Metastock. Have you talked to our support desk before? And hopefully if you did, that's a loaded question. It was a good experience for you. But for the most part, uh, it's a really, really good support. So you'll have unlimited access to that support desk. Any questions that you have, it's all free. You can chat with them, you can call them, you can email them. However, you, you could send them a piece of letter if you wanted to. I wouldn't, but they would respond to it by letter. So. Uh, we'll also include your Unleash the Power of Metastock, which is uh, just a set of training videos. We covered a small portion of Metastock. You remember, it's a very big tool. And uh, I always am proud of that, too, because if you grow as a trader, as you grow, there's so many programs that cost so much more money Metastock does, that do so much less than Metastock does. And I just think Metastock's a program that can help you right away. 
and as you grow as a trader, you're not going to outgrow. So, uh, and for $69 a month, that's $23 a month on the extension. And you'll be running, you're running it till December, January, February, until Valentine's Day for $23. And by then you'll be, there's a reason it's been rated so highly for so long. Try it out for 23 bucks a month. Anyway, if you have questions, you can give us a call at 800-882-3040. You can um, chat online with us at metastock.com slash sales chat. If you prefer just to sign up, sign up at metastock.com slash LP. So there you go. Uh, I do want to say very quickly, thank you for all the good questions. Uh, thank you uh, for David and you guys for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, I think that's my time. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. If you need me, drop me an email, jeffrey.gibby at metastock.com if you have any questions. All right. All right. That's it. Thanks, Jeff. All right. You bet. Thank you. Great having you here. Yeah, thanks. glad. Thanks for having me. All right. So uh, Jeff was our seventh presenter for today. We have two more to go in this event. And AJ Brown is up next. AJ, are you there? I am. I'm going to turn off Jeff's share and you should be able to share your screen now. Screen. Share screen three. All right. All right. And I'll set up and you're ready to start. Right? I am. All right. I'm, hold on.